the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. Joining me now, CFP, Certified Financial Planner, Regional Director of EP Wealth, Chad Burton. He's got a team of CFP. He's got years of experience. You've heard him on the show many, many times. Today, the segment right now, we're going to be talking about what is a CFP. It is something that's important to pay attention to because the people that guide you and give you insight into financial and retirement issues, they differ like gold and clay. Chad, how are you doing? Well, Rob, how about yourself? Doing great. It's um, cruising towards those golden years and I, I feel confident, which is uh, it's a pretty good place to be. Fewer stresses than I was in 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago. What is a CFP and why do I need to know? Well, um, I think you need, I think you recognize it. I mean, it's easy to, to tell how long we've been doing this together because uh, my son, my oldest, Nick, turns 23. Crazy. In October. So, you know, he, he was just about to be born when you and I first started doing this together. I can't believe that. That's a lifetime almost here. So um, when I got into the business, right, at Mm -hmm. 19 years old, I was still going to college. Uh, My grandfather left the bank. He was selling mutual funds and annuities, which was pretty normal. I was considered a financial advisor back then because everything was product-based, right? You had brokers. If you wanted to buy a stock, it would cost you you know, 2% to buy, 2% to sell. Um, Mutual funds mostly were loaded. There was, you know, very few people doing it themselves at places like Vanguard and T. Rowe Price. And it was all commission based, right? You'd you'd find a person, you'd, they'd want to invest hundred thousand dollars, and you'd make three to five percent, and you have to find the next person. And you were spending all your time finding the next person because that's how you made your income. And I got into business, and I was you know analyzing these products, so I was majoring in engineering and math, and I'm like, this just doesn't make sense to me. That's right. Um, I and so quickly turned to fee based fee only planning is what it turned into, and the whole market has shifted that direction now. Where it's interesting that people you say that because when I got into the industry, I saw brokers that weren't as smart as me, and you saw a product, you saw a problem that you solved on it as well. But okay, go back to fee planning. Well, and and it was also a business like oh, you want to get clients, you got to take them golfing and all that kind of stuff, and I'm like, I'd rather go snowboarding. I don't. I didn't, I wasn't a golfer. I didn't want to spend time chit chatting on a golf course just to get the business. I wanted to show that this is what you need to do. This is the knowledge and, and, you know, you need this type of advice and it, it just made more sense. And now the whole market has shifted that way. I mean, even the department of labor and the sec is putting out laws to stop people from rolling their 401ks into garbage annuity products. Right. I mean, these annuity products that are out there, there are some a few decent non-commission or no-load annuities for certain situations, but most of them, 99% of them are sold by people that if you put in a hundred grand, they're going to make five to 7%. They're going to make five to $7,000. So the sales pitches is, are really good, but people, America is so underfunded for retirement 
And the fact that they're getting going to somewhere for financial advice, but they're actually getting sold a product where they roll their 401k into something that's got two, three, four percent in fees. It's such a major problem out there. You're starting to see all these laws passed against that stuff. Um, and so the, the whole world has gone through, if you, you need, if you're going to get advice, you need a certified financial planner. They're trained in taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing. So all, you know, all encompassing, but they also, the second step to that is fee only fiduciary. They put in writing that they are a fiduciary. They put your interests first and, um, will you still pay for that? Yeah. You're going to pay a, you know, fee based on assets that are managed or an upfront fee or, you know, an annual fee but at least you know the advice that you're getting is good. So typically when there's a complicated situation, a certified financial planner is going to say, you know, here's here's a few different options that can work in your situation. What feels right to you? What feels right to your spouse in some cases? And okay, let's settle on a path and let's move forward. The fiduciary is a big part of it because it really, the commissions and the fees and the cost of the product in the past was heavy. The first stock I ever bought was $400 in fees in the commissions. And that got split between the broker and the broker's company. Um, how important is the fiduciary aspect to the average person, my brothers, my sisters, the people who aren't millionaires, but are growing towards being millionaires? Well, it's, it's huge, especially, I mean, if you think about, let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars that you're moving from one job and you're, you're going to roll your money from your 401k, you can choose to either roll it into an IRA or your new employer's 401k. You can go the route of low cost index funds or ETFs where you, you know, you can get your fees on those products down to 0.03% type of a risk. Or you can talk to some insurance agent that rolls you into a variable annuity that's got all these promises of guaranteed income, but the internal fees are three to three and a half percent a year or $3,000 or more a year. That just eats away at your returns. It's it's crazy for for guarantees that are really most of the time smoke and mirrors. Okay, so, so it, it affects people drastically on on um, that amount of money. When do we need a CFP? Because it's not a relationship that's completely free. It's a relationship that does have fees involved. When is the right time to get into a relationship with a CFP? We've got that download: fifteen things to do before you hire a financial advisor. So when I got into the business, you could only put two grand a year into an IRA and 10% or up to 10 grand into your 401k, right? And now you can put in 20,500 or more into your 401k. You can choose the Roth side. You can do a, a mega Roth 401k where you're putting in even more after tax that goes to the Roth 401k. There's all these things you can do. And then there's apps like uh, Acorn. There's ETFs that are you can buy for free at Fidelity Schwab, TD Ameritrade. There's so many things that you can do on your own. And what'll happen is you'll get to the point where you've built up you know, about a half a million dollars or so. And then your tax situation becomes a little bit more complicated. You've got, you know, do I, do I continue to save for my retirement or do I save for college for my kids? What do I do with my estate plan? When the decisions come to a point where you feel like you're making mistakes or it's too intimidating to the point where you're not doing anything because there's just too much information that you're too busy to process because you're trying to earn a living, that's when you need to delegate and pay for some help. So it's usually about a half a million dollars or more, which is, that's why our account minimum is a half a million. Um, and, and then that's when you need, it's not just investment advice, it's taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing. You, you want to go to somebody where I need all of those different things in my life, but I don't want to be sold garbage. 
Right. And I can put it in a better way. It's kind of like having a really nice high end, you know, Bugatti or what's another nice car, a Porsche or McLaren. a BMW, a McLaren. You don't just take it to the local guy. You don't just take it to any mechanic. You got to find a specialist. And that's essentially what a CFP is, a retirement specialist with some fiduciary, i.e. they're going to take care of you responsibilities. We've got 30 seconds, so let's end it there. Let me give you a good plug so people can find you. If they now know what a CFP is, they now know when they need a CFP, you are a CFP. You can be found at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. You are a regional director. You have a team of CFPs with EP Wealth. You've got many, many years of experience. Find Chad on a podcast at New Focus on Wealth, all the podcast platforms, or the website, chadburton.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is The Rob Black Show. Joining me now, Regional Director for EP Wealth, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. I've worked with him in the last 25 years. You can hear his podcast once a week, usually, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. You can go to his website, chadburton.com to learn more and to get some downloadables like the 15 things to do before hiring a financial advisor. It's a PDF that you can download onto your computer and check it out and see where you are in the process. You really should not go into retirement blind, in my opinion. On top of it, you can get his podcast at, I don't think I want to say Yahoo, because that seems a little bit dated. Um, but you could do it at Google, you could do it Apple, you could do it at Spotify and many, many other distributors out there. And if you just f- search for, or Google, as I like to say, new focus on wealth with Chad Burton, you'll find it as well. Chad, you and I have, oh, I looked up my first stock that I ever bought to see how it's done because I've long sold it. It's the one that I told you I paid a $400 commission on. Mm-hmm. Back in 1996, I bought a stock called HBO Corporation that interestingly was worth in hindsight um $25. Today they are now worth $368. Woo! <laughs> but I think I sold it for like maybe a 20% gain. Talking about holding on to a stock versus um trying to, you know, be smart. I think I would have been better holding on to that one. Even though it was a small amount of money, it paid a dividend. And that's what I liked about it. Something I was attracted to. Um, oh, thoughts yeah. on how great I am? It's so great. I mean, it's, I can't tell you how great you are. <laughs> so why did we decide to sell to new, oh, I sell our business, New Focus Financial Group to EP Wealth? Well, it, I'd call it acquired, right? Um, okay. So we're still here. That's true. <laughs> That's very, very true. And I have no plans on going anywhere and you don't either. And you've got a big team around you and it allows you to focus a little bit more on the business and not necessarily on on the client and not necessarily on the running of the office. Yeah. I mean, part of it in the, in the industry is people are realizing, okay, what is fee only fiduciary based planning in that the portfolio is just a small portion of what we do. I think that's the easiest part of what we do that once you have a large amount of assets, you deal with taxes and you have to have the right insurance. And then there's the distribution planning in retirement, which I specialize in and estate planning that I specialize in. Um, so CFPs get into all those areas. We have to pass tests and taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing. And part of my overall plan at new focus prior to the acquisition by EP wealth is okay. How do we just go ahead and incorporate attorneys into the practice for estate planning and tax advisors into the practice. So we do so much tax planning. I mean, I, I study tax returns all the time for clients. If I have 
a list of expenses, your tax return, and your investment statements, I can put together a puzzle. Wouldn't you and, like to get your hand on Trump's taxes? Because <laughs> <laughs> you like studying tax returns. Okay, go back. Go back to you. Yeah, I don't know about that one, but um, but we, you know, we don't. We're not CPAs or enrolled agents, and so we didn't file the tax returns. But right. EP Wealth had had. They have a group of planners that. Um, we're just as good at financial planning. And then there were specialists like we have, for example, Mike Ramirez that specializes in college planning. I've been dealing with the older, you know, people that are going into retirement and retirement or estate planning issues. And so I haven't studied out how to deal with FAFSA and what's the best way to fund college besides 529 plans and things like that. He specializes in that. And we have people that can run analysis on real estate and, uh, business, you know, selling your business and valuations and things like that. So there's CFPs that have different specialties and it's bringing everybody together so that when you have a case, you can bounce ideas off each other. And we have a group of attorneys that will analyze an estate plan and send to a local attorney to draft the proper documents and make the proper amendments or restatements in the trust. So it's just an added amount of services for the same cost. So we're in a world where people are expecting I don't want to, you know, people shouldn't say I'm going to pay one and a half, two percent for somebody that puts together a pie chart portfolio. No, you should be paying one percent or less and have your portfolio done, have estate planning advice, insurance advice, tax advice, and projections. It should all be all encompassing, and that's what we were able to do. And um, college costs, taxes that you pay in your lifetime, estate planning, they all have very big costly traps in them. If you do them wrong, the cost of a CFP is minuscule compared to the mistakes that you make. And trust me, I will make mistakes with taxes and estate planning um, because I look at it too simple, too straightforward. So a CFP for me is critical. Um, and earlier you mentioned that, you know, when do you need a CFP? It depends on your your amount of time to focus. Even if I had the time to focus on it, Chad, it's it's coursework. It's 40 yeah. plus hours of literature study. It's not for me. Yeah. And it's um and it's interesting because just, you know, helping clients' children set up accounts and get going for uh, learning how to save an educated client is a better client. So a lot of times for kids, we'll host, okay, you set this account up and, you know, here's how you buy an ETF. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the other day I saw somebody that, okay, I told them to make sure your dividends are reinvestments and, and they forgot to do that. So we look at an account a year later and they had invested $6,000 of their Roth into an ETF and that kicked off some dividends and it was just sitting in cash and they didn't realize that, okay, I should have gone in once I bought the ETF, which is an exchange-traded fund, which you can buy for basically free at Schwab, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade. After you buy it, you have to go in and enroll it in dividend reinvestment because that had $120 of cash sitting in that account that was just sitting in cash. It was going to do nothing until we pointed out to them, okay, you need to take that cash and you got to trade it and again, turn that dividend reinvestment on. So there's little things like that that you might need advice on. Um, and... So I, I think that one of the reasons why we put out that 15 things to do before you hire a financial advisor is so that you can, it's a force education system. How can you do it on your own? And at what point do you know you need help? Um, and some people are so passionate about it, they're going to do it on their own forever, but that's very few and far between. Most people don't have time to rebalance their accounts and fund the proper accounts and deal with taxes and all that kind of stuff. So I hope that makes sense. It's pretty rewarding. I got an email that I'll forward to you from Greg, a long-term client 
And it's beautifully written and he's so happy and he just tunes into a podcast on occasion to check in. But he mentioned that he's got daughters who are 28 and 31. I was like, I remember talking to them on the phone when they were 18. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. talks about how his kids now make more money than he did. And he gives us a lot of the credit for frugal life and Rob Black sayings and the financial planning that you've done personally with him. Um, it's pretty rewarding for us, but it's also great to see clients who do the right things along the way. And uh, they, they've earned what they deserve or they deserve what they've earned. Yeah. And a lot of what we do too, is to keep people from making mistakes. Right. Mark, another longtime friend and client reminded the other day um, when it was 2008, the bottom of the market, and he called from a Whole Foods parking lot wanting to sell everything. And I, for 30 minutes said, this is not the time to sell. Things have been oversold. If anything, it's time to, to buy, buy, buy. And he still remembers that conversation to this day because it saved him from cashing out at the bottom. And, you know, the market went just straight up until about 2020 from there. And what was it like, you know, six, 700% rate of return or something like that on the S&P. Answering one to answer or real quick, do you think CFP should do handholding or do you think that that crosses the line? <laughs> and, I don't know. We'll have to talk about what handholding means after the break, I guess. We'll get back to that. You can find Chad at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. robblackshow.com robblackshow.com What are some of your motivations in retirement? Not that you're anywhere near retirement right now. Right. Well, you know, being in this business for this starts my 29th year, um, it's changed a little bit because I, you know, I started in the business young dealing with people that were, you know, older, like, you know, I was dealing with people that were going into nursing homes and we were after doing spousal protection plans and, and, you know, people in their seventies and eighties and estate planning and things like that. Um, and the thing that I've noticed is that people that stay busy, especially mentally and physically in retirement are very happy. And people retire with the idea that I'm going to do all these bucket lists, all my traveling and my trips and things like that. Well, my activities, as you know, is like, you know, pretty uh, aggressive snowboarding. I wake surf all the time, very active. Right. And I know that I might not be able to do as many of those things in the trips that I like to take when I'm in my seventies and eighties and things like that. So I, I would, I love this business. So I'd rather delay retirement and do a lot of the stuff that I really love to do now, where my kids still want to travel with me before they have kids. Um, so I'm willing to delay retirement to create those memories. Now retirement's different for everybody. I mean, some people like to just sit and relax and not do a lot and some people travel and go, go, go. And then you might have one idea of retirement, but as soon as you have grandkids, that changes drastically. I've, I've seen people go into retirement, get their uh, second home that they've always wanted in an RV, and they're free and traveling the world. And as soon as their kids start having kids, you know they're, they're selling everything and moving to Colorado so they can be next door to their grandkids. I love that. You know, So life changes. And the one thing that I can tell you is that as soon as we do a financial plan and a projection, it's 100% wrong. It's always changing. It's ebbing and flowing and you got to adjust. And um, so life changes and what's important to you changes is, you know, every, every decade really. 
And I think there's a certain idea that we're all going to hit retirement regardless. We have a plan, whether it's just social security or working till the day we die. Then you get into that threshold of 500,000 to 2 million where you don't really want to make mistakes when it comes to the big picture issues um, like colleges and taxes and state planning. Then you get north of $2 million. What's the difference as you start becoming, I don't want to say uber wealthier, mm-hmm. but when you start building another digit or two onto your retirement? Well, you know, most of the clients that I work with are well north of 5 million. Okay. And, and so we're dealing a lot with estate planning. How are we going to leave money to kids? Should we start gifting now to see how they deal with money? So we know how to, how much controls to put in place after we're gone. Um, as soon as you're a higher net worth individual like that, where your portfolio is over 2 million and your net worth, you know, in most cases kind of over, over five, and you can start looking at alternative investments out there besides just what you can buy in your, you know, Fidelity or Schwab account. Um, what are some of the the things that are maybe an alternative to bonds or someplace like in between stocks and bonds for some higher income? Um, typically, those things come with a, you know uh, a time frame where you got to invest, say like five years. Um, but that's when you can start looking outside of the traditional stocks and bonds, which we've had to do because a traditional sixty percent stock, forty percent bond portfolio isn't going to get people you know, through retirement like it used to, because we're in a rising rate environment. And this is the worst bond market we've seen since the eighties. This is the Bloomberg bond aggregate index for 2020 was negative, And for 2022, it's the worst year that we've seen. Um, and, and so as rates rise, that can put pressure down on traditional bond funds. So you mentioned an EP alternative to bonds. Um, and one of the things I caution people on are trying to get too savvy and too smart. It really, really helps if you can have product reviewed for you by professionals. I've got a friend who approached me. He's like, if you give me $1 million, Rob, I will go out and find people to invest it in bridge loans for people who want to build a, an add-on to their home, then sell it, or a loan for someone who wants to, uh, doesn't qualify, but he just needs it for six months. And I'll guarantee you... returns. I'm like, you're going to guarantee that? Show me the guarantee because I don't believe it when it comes from an individual. It doesn't mean he can't deliver, but I'd rather have something that's been reviewed, maybe SEC monitored, maybe something that you know has has tested some scrutiny with some professionals other than myself. Thoughts on alternatives to bonds? Yeah. I mean, a lot of them, you can't really call them necessarily alternatives to bonds because if you look at like a government bond fund versus something like, let's say a private credit fund or a business development corporation, right? Um, one has leverage and one doesn't, right? So it's not really, a, it, it's, it's just a different investment. So typically you can take a 60, 40 portfolio and carve out maybe 5% that you put into things like private real estate deals or private credit deals. And um, there's a lot of garbage out there. Like there's a t- ton of privately traded REITs where people sell them to you and you pay a large commission to get into them. And those are not okay. Typically, those have been very, very disappointing um, over time to people, and so you have to be very, very careful. Why are they but, disappointing? Well, because they 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 promise one thing in a stable share price, and then they eventually IPO and then decline. That's what people have dealt with. Um, and it, they're also and, private rates, so they're not scrutinized, and you're kind of turning it over to let someone else make a decision, right? 
Yeah, a lot of the, if if you're going to get into a good private deal, there's got to be a lot of research involved, and there's got to be typically a third party that's going in and, and valuing something like a private real estate deal on a quarterly basis or a private credit slash business development fund, business development corporation on a quarterly basis. So, for example, a, a big area of interest is private credit, also known as business development corporations, because of Dodd Frank and the Volcker Rule and things like that. If one company wants to buy another company. Banks are doing so much less of that lending because of Dodd Frank. Um, you know, if they've invested in either company, a lot of times they can't do a deal where where there's a business acquisition. So company A wants to buy company B, and so there's there's private lending or business development corporations that do that. And there's a bunch of them that are publicly traded, but they're often two x leverage. They're very volatile, thinly traded. I don't want anything to do with them. Have you ever found? Some- have you ever found the two X leverage work out? Do you know? Do you like remember the pro shares had like three years of just all over the news, and I never knew anyone that would get into them and do use them properly because of the leverage. <laughs> Talk about leverage! If you want to, uh, do you remember Anale Mortgage? This is something you just talk about that owned we owned years ago, right? Yep, years and years ago, and. I had somebody I ran into. It's like, oh yeah, I'm investing in this REIT called Anale, and it's getting give me a you know nice steady twelve. Like that's not a REIT. It's it's highly leveraged credit facility. That if there's any kind of a credit issue out there, it's going to get nailed. And they're they're trying to argue with me. I'm like, go look up what you own. People will buy stuff with a dividend, and they have no idea what they own. And, and as soon it, as they it, go through a rising rate environment or a credit crisis situation, they get smashed. The craziest thing about that is they'll buy it. <clears throat> And they'll assume that 9% income is normal and it's okay and it's safe because it is. And you're like, there's no further questions. And I'm like, I think Chad will agree with me that anything above 3%, 4% is more risk than three, a lot. 5% is there's, there's more. There's going to be leveraged involved somewhere. The 10-year treasury was you know, barely over 3%. So that's your, that's your mark. Anything above that, you know there, there could be a little bit of risk involved. And then once it's over 5%, there's definitely risk involved. Now, EP Wealth has a real estate fund and a private lending fund. Who are those appropriate for? Uh, again, portfolios, you know, well over 2 million net worth, typically over five. And we're you know, only doing 5% of portfolios in it. Um, and the ones that we've chosen are very careful. Um, the investment team went through well over a year process in choosing because we we manage over 15 billion in assets so that opens the door for our high net worth clients into some some of these alternatives there's a ton of options out there but we wanted stuff that was uh, lower risk um especially with the private lending where there's outside parties you know who who the money who's the money being lent to is only profitable companies we didn't want a venture capital fund hidden in here right we wanted if company a wants to buy company b we want to make sure that company a is profitable as a great business plan, and the, they're typically only borrowing, you know, fifty percent of the money to do a deal. So usually, when one company buys another company, Rob, they they don't typically use their own cash and stock. They usually do twenty five to fifty percent of their own cash or stock, and then borrow the rest of the money over seven to ten year notes. And they buy the company, they you know lay off who they need to, cut costs, increase their revenue, and usually pay those notes off between you know four and five years. And, and, uh, it's a very normal part of our economy, but, um, a lot of those funds are the good ones that are out there, but a lot of them are highly, highly, highly leveraged. And we didn't want much leverage. We wanted more of a safer option. 
Um, so again, but it's only, it's typically the money is tied up for five plus years. So you want to make sure you're a higher net worth individual and you're doing it with money. You don't need anytime soon. Anything else that we need to know about, uh, on this topic, as far as alternative income streams in retirement, because it, it is attractive to people, but for a lot of people, they don't know that there is risk involved when you're starting to look alternatives and higher than bonds. Yeah. I mean, some of these things, you know, pay north of 7%. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's pretty attractive in a low income environment, but it's, you got to buy it in the right account, like retirement accounts. So you only pay taxes on it when you don't, when you finally need the income or when you want to pull it out. Uh, it just has to be, you can't buy it. And this is a product I want to buy. You have to buy it as part of an overall financial plan. You can find his podcast, New Focus on Wealth at chadburton.com, Spotify, Apple, and Google. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. He is a regional director with EP Wealth. He has a team of CFPs that he works with, that he communicates with on a regular basis. They have a nice team approach. He's been a good friend, a great father that I've watched raise wonderful children, and he's been a wonderful contributor to the content on this show. You can get a copy of his 15 Things to Do Before Hiring a Financial Advisor. It's a PDF at his website, chadburton.com, chadburton.com. If you have an hour once a week, you will learn much from New Focus on Wealth podcast with Chad Burton. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, Google, and many, many others. One hour a week, it's, it's a financial planning education. Chad, dividends. You own a piece of a company. They agree to share with you a piece of the profits. What do we need to know about dividends? Uh, they're, they're so huge. I mean, when you hear that idea or that, that idea, I guess the, the real facts that when you look at the stock market over long periods of time and it averaged 10, 11% rate of return, I think it's over 11 for the last 50 years, for example, a good portion of that is from dividends being reinvested. So when you look at a, you know, a commonly owned ETF, which is SPY, which is a way to invest in the S&P 500, the dividend yields around one and a half percent. So that means for, if you have a thousand dollars invested in the S&P 500 fund, even if the S&P 500 is down, you're going to get about 150 bucks in dividends paid to you over that year. And if that just, you know, if you buy something like that and that just goes into your cash and you never do anything with it, your returns aren't going to be 10, 11% over your lifetime. They're going to be much less. You, you can set it up when you buy ETFs and funds that the dividends get reinvested. And that's a huge part of building wealth. And then in retirement, you, what I call turn on the tap, you stop in your taxable accounts. Often you stop, if you need the money, you stop reinvesting those dividends and you have them paid to your checking account. Because even when the stock market's down, you have passive income coming from stocks that you can use to pay your expenses. And when the stock market's up, you sell gains to replenish the other cash that you're spending. So dividends are so key to build wealth and they are so key for distributions planning. And it's a big piece of passive income, right? If you can get passive income out of real estate, but you have to pay property taxes, find renters, deal with um, repairs and you know all that kind of stuff to get your passive income, you know, have a mortgage on it, those types of things. You can just buy stocks and have passive income and do absolutely nothing. I was in college when I heard about drip plans, dividend reinvestment plans, and you had to 
basically join a club, but then they would allow you to basically buy shares of McDonald's as if you were an employee and you would get the dividends from the share. Um, it was a pretty cool, intriguing idea for an 18 year old kid. Um, do you remember drip plans and how they were marketed in commercials and in magazines like fortune and Forbes? I do. And I would, here's, here's one thing about those though. So anybody that has a drip program and, you know, they have the, maybe they have the certificates in, in, in their hand or a drip program where their shares are held at bank of New York or computer share. Those are one of the absolute worst things to deal with on an estate plan situation when somebody passes away. So please, you know, take those shares and transfer them in kind to your Schwab or your Fidelity account so that they're held there rather than those old programs because Fidelity and Schwab now can do those dividend reinvestment programs um, for free. So, uh, you know, get those transferred out of there and into a normal firm. Yeah. Do they still offer drip plans? Because I'm telling you, that was 25 years. That was pre-chat, PC, before life mattered. Yeah. You don't need them anymore. That was so... That was back when you used to charge 2% to buy or sell a stock. And now you can buy ETFs for free. You can even buy fractional shares. So if you don't have, you know, say 150 bucks to buy a, a Vanguard dividend appreciation ETF, you can buy fractional shares. You can buy half of a share if you want to, and then set it up so that your dividends are automatically reinvested for free buying fractional shares. So um, now brokerage firms just figured how to do that on their own. It wasn't that tough, I imagine. Now yeah. and then yeah. and there's apps too like Acorn that you could do that as well. I like Acorns. It's a passive way to accumulate wealth where your purchases on your credit cards get rounded up and they invest it for you. Yeah. Um, but everyone should consult a broker advisor for taking action in any specific products that we mentioned. Um, with dividend reinvestments and when you become wealthy and when you hit retirement, when do you know when to sell? Because I probably have, if I'm guessing, 14 dividend-paying stocks right now that I'm reinvesting like I'm supposed to, like you tell me to. But when mm-hmm. do you go, let's go from 14 of those down to four of those or eight of them. When do you let some go? Well, it's it's a matter of, so once you retire and you, you've done the work and you have three years worth of your portfolio draw. So you're not your expenses, but how much are you going to take out of your portfolio each year above your dividends and interest? You have three years worth of that in cash and you have your dividends and interests paid to your cash to support it. Every quarter you look at your portfolio, say, how much cash did I spend? If the stock market is up, you trim to replenish the cash that you've spent. And so that draws a line and says, you know, you have to sell something. So maybe, you know, two of your 14 stocks have done the best and you know are are too high in terms of your overall portfolio so you trim some shares from those stocks um or you look at your portfolio how much do i have in large cap small cap mid cap international uh what's overweighted and you trim that so um and you, so you're always trimming to replenish the extra cash that you've spent that that that's how you know when to sell we've got about a minute and a half is there anything that you need to add as we wrap up the segment yeah, I mean, now is a great time to review the overall portfolio because I tell you, most people that have been investing, especially on their own over the last 10 years when it's been somewhat easy, are overweight large cap growth. And there's areas in the market that are still overvalued because of interest rates increasing, but there's other areas that are undervalued, have been ignored for 10 plus years, like small cap value, international eventually will come back into play, maybe not right now, but there, it's, it's a good time to review, reset your retirement strategy your cash flow and your tax plan. 
Thanks very much. It is CFP Chad Burton. He's been kind with his time today. He is a regional director with EP Wealth. You can find him at epwealth.com. Take a look at his team. Take a look at what EP offers. When you're done with that, you can go and check out his content that Chad has personally at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Get the 15 things to do before hiring a financial advisor, as well as find his podcast, New Focus on Wealth. Thanks, Chad. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.